Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly, week five of the 2021 season. We are back on the air talking all things Charlotte 49ers baseball. As always, this is Nick. Now I'm joined by Kevin. What's up, Niner Nation? Live from the Hayes, Coach Woody. Everybody. And producer Brad. Hey, hey. All right, guys. We're, we're, we're a day later, but we're here. The question of the day is, what NCAA tournament? Who gives a crap about the NCAA tournament? We're talking baseball. We have a baseball series to play this weekend. We're going to have live baseball on the field starting tomorrow, 1.30 p.m., live in downtown Charlotte. So, NCAA tournament, who cares? Let's jump right in. We've got breaking news. Speaking of live baseball we start off things tomorrow down at truest i'm I'm getting that name right kevin right truest truest ballpark no truest field truest field formerly bbnt um we've got (laughs) we've got games tomorrow a double header starting at 130 against don't check your schedule because it might say college of charleston it's the rhode island rams we have it on Good authority that the Rhode Island Rams are on a bus right now. Heck, they're probably tuning into this show to scout the opponent. Hey, guys, hope, hope everything's good going well out there on I-85. So the Rhode Island Rams are rolling in here for a doubleheader tomorrow, which will be downtown, and then we'll be back on campus Sunday at the Hayes against Rhode Island. Next Tuesday, because you can never play in too many minor league ballparks the very first game at atrium health ballpark uh in downtown kannapolis against the app state mountaineers that game going on tuesday so all this news has kind of broken kind of recently and there's been some it's been an interesting let's call it 24 hours so coach woody walk us through it let's let's talk about let's talk about this stuff happening yeah no uh it's good to see you guys and i'm sorry about yesterday but uh you know, in the world we live in, things can change and unchange and change again at the drop of a hat. And, um, you know, it's just a reminder that as a, you know, for myself and our coaching staff that, um, you know, we just always try to stay prepared for, um, for whatever shakes out and whichever situation, whatever, whatever, you know, hand we're dealt, we try to play to the best of our ability and we try to make the most of the situation. So fortunately earlier this week, we found out that Cobb Charleston was going to be unable to play. Um, which was, was very disappointing because it's a great club. I've known Coach Holbrook for a long time. He uh, he actually was a recruiting coordinator at UNC and recruited me to play college baseball a long time ago. And um, so he and I go way back to my high school uh, days. Um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, with us playing at Truist Field, it, um, it uh, you know, we were excited to play there. And so when Kyle Charleston you know, called and said they couldn't make it, unfortunately – um, it's, you know, we're looking at Wednesday, um, we didn't have an opponent and here we go. Um, email blast every, every division one college coach in the country. Um, when this all started, I, I was able to acquire a, an email list with every single college coach in the country. So I just fired out an email to, um, each coach and basically told our situation and to call me or text me and, uh, for the most part, you know, there was opening. There was an opening at UNLV. There was an op- the opening in a, stead- a tournament down in Stetson, uh, but there was, you know, there's really there wasn't a whole lot as far as opponents that were looking to come here. And we really wanted to try to do all we could to play uptown. You know, we sold tickets, we promoted it, 
the Knights had worked extremely hard to, you know, to put to to host us, and you know, we just and then our and we want our players to have that experience. So we wanted to do all we could, and then about eleven o'clock at night, Wednesday night, I got a text message from an assistant coach at at Rhode Island. Uh, they lost their series at Hofstra, and um, you know, he said, you know, if you have some, you know, ask us where we were. I, I said, can you talk? And then about 11 o'clock at night, um, Coach Vance and I have started talking and breaking it down for, for what, you know, both teams would need as far as trying to make this happen. And then Coach Serrato and I got on the call um, yesterday morning about 9 a.m. And, you know, with the help of Darren Spees and Reagan Hill and the Knights and a lot of people behind the scenes, including URI's administration and um, multiple bus companies, uh, we, we have – Rhode Island rolling down here to play to play three games. So um, it's pretty incredible, really, all the obstacles that uh, we had to overcome in a 24-hour window to to make this happen. But um, man, it was great seeing the looks on our guys' faces when we when we were able to tell them that we were going to play baseball this weekend and we're going to go play in Truist Field. And um, you know, we just everybody needs good news right now. You know, like everybody needs good. There's no such thing as too much good news right now. So um, we're excited, and um, Rhode Island's—they're a, they're a heck of a team. They're on a six-game win streak. Um, you know, there's prior to our coaching staff being here that you know, when Charlotte was in the A10, there's a long history of, of heated battles between these two programs, and um, you know, just getting to know Coach Serrato the last the last 24 hours, we've probably talked on the phone or texted. 20 times, um, you know, you can just tell he's, he's a very respected uh, coach. And then that program is, has been at a high level for a long time. So um, it'll be exciting. You know, we're, we're, it'll, it'll be a great weekend of baseball and we'll tee you tomorrow. First game of a doubleheader at one thirty. There were some good matchups with Rhode Island back in the day. Um, Kevin, I, I'm, you, you're going to, you're, you're the one that's going to remember this. I might be remembering it wrong. Was it Rhode Island that we scored the run on on the on the sack fly from third, where the guy got stuck in the chain link fence over there, where the where the practice facility is now? Do you remember what I'm talking about? No, that, I don't believe that was the game. That not Rhodey. Okay, that no. was an eight ten game though. Uh, coaches look at me like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, the guy <laughs> the guy went over there to catch a foul ball, and that was a chain link fence instead of the instead of the batting facility there, and and we 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 scored easily, and mainly because the guy had his jersey, the button went up over the top of the chain link fence, and he couldn't get out of the fence. <laughs> maybe that wasn't Rhode Island, but it was an A ten game. I remember that. No, I don't know. Or maybe that was, you know, maybe that was Rhode Island. The guy, remember the guy that on the last out caught the caught the foul ball running away from home, and he shouldn't have. He just should have let it drop. But since he caught it, we scored the the walk off run or whatever. I don't know. That might have been the yeah. Whatever. We did yeah. have some good games with Rhodey. I promise. <laughs> well, um, you're talking about the game at, at Truist Park tomorrow. It looks like um, it's just about sold out uh, since this morning. They've op- looks like they've opened up some new seats. Uh, called the, the drink rail seating in the concourse and the home run porch. So um, looks like that's all that's remaining. Um, the home run club seats are available and a couple of standing room only seats. So uh, if you haven't got your tickets yet, uh, go ahead to the Charlotte Knights website and um, grab a couple seats and, and come out to the ballpark tomorrow for 
for two games. And after the game, after both games, you can go out on the field and play catch. Uh, uh, if you can make it through the both games of the doubleheader, I think the first game's nine and then the second game's seven innings, right, Coach? Correct, yep. And I was promised a Robert Woodard fastball, right? Yeah, that, that, we use the term fastball loosely, but yeah. Like I'm, I'm getting a Robert Woodard heater tomorrow. That's happening. Kevin, did you say those? Did you say those uh, t- seats that were opened up? What'd you call them? Drink rail seats. Yeah, there's a concourse drink rail seating, which is the the bar area behind the concourse seating, and then the home run porch drink area seating, drink rail seating, which is behind those sections out in the outfield. Just a standing room only behind behind uh, the seating area. So um, looks like they're getting as many people as safely possible to to see the Niners play tomorrow so should be a good crowd looking forward to that now it's not me and you because we already have tickets right but I mean we know some people that like drink rail tickets would be like right up their alley right I mean that's we're not going to call their names here but we know those people so and and if they don't have tickets yet and they're listening they need to go get those because that would be that would be that would be their thing what's the Kevin you're you're all over these numbers at 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 30%, what's that get us at, at Truist? Any idea? I think it's, it's roughly 3,000. I think it's a 10,000 or roughly 10,000-seat ballpark. Um, I don't know what, including the standing room only, but um, yeah. we're looking at around 3,000 uh, people at the ballpark tomorrow. That's, that's a really good crowd for a college baseball game. That's going to feel huge. I mean, that's, that's going to feel like a, like a lot, a lot, a lot of people there. So that, that'll, be, that'll be a good feeling, I think. To, to have that and the weather looks pretty decent too so um maybe maybe a little chilly but sunshine so should be a good time um we were talking about uh rhode island you mentioned kevin and, and what you said as well i mean they're they're not a slouch team i mean they've got um i know that they they opened up we they've been on tv a little bit i've seen them um they opened up at east carolina i watched a couple of their games where they got swept but uh, they took two or three from odu too so this should be a good measuring stick yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've obviously watched a good amount of film on them the last the last two days, and um, talked to talked to some opponents, and it's a reoccurring theme. What every every one of their opponents from um, you know previous games I haven't given up a whole bunch of information other than they just say, "Man, that's that's about as gritty and tough of a t- as a team as, as you're going to play this year." So um, we are. We are well aware of, of how good of a team Rhode Island has and how tough they are, and um, it's going to be a good challenge. Our guys are ready to bring it. Now, um, and, and we saw your rotation. Uh, looks like we're, we're doing things a little differently, not drastically differently, but we're going McGowan and Brooks tomorrow with Sunday TBD. Yeah, we are. We, um, you know, most – I think everybody saw we we got uh, Andrew back in the in, out of the pen on Tuesday, and um, – you know, I've just always been working with pitchers over this number of years. I just think there's certain guys when, um, you know, we're working on some things or tweaking some things or, you know, maybe if they have, you know, as a starter, maybe has two outings that doesn't go you know, maybe how he, he wants it to. Um, sometimes I think just the best thing you can do is run him back out there. And, um, you know, obviously um, I don't think Andrew's pleased with how the outing went on Tuesday, but it can only help him as far as, you know, getting – you know, the things that we're, we're working on to, to get him back to where he was week one and week two, you know, he's, he's that much closer having gotten out there on Tuesday. So he'll be available for us out of the pen tomorrow. I mean, we've got 16 innings. We've got two games. 
Um, if he doesn't throw tomorrow, then he can start game three. Um, but we're just really going to kind of go into um, tomorrow, um, you know, focused on game one, obviously, first, and then game one second, and then we'll see where we're at as far as, as game three. Um, you know, the last thing we, like, really want to do is try to hold, you know, hold one of our best pitchers out um, for game three when we've got, you know, the first game might go extra innings, the second one might go extra innings. And, you know, if you're holding one of your best pitchers and, you know, it just to us, it, does, it, it makes sense to have Andrew available. And, um, you know, we think he's really close to get to breaking, breaking back out and getting back to where he was week one. So he's getting close. Yeah, the, the most important game is always the next one, right? That's right. Yep. <laughs> you can get wrapped up, you know, trying to look too far ahead or that sort of thing. And you know, we try to we try to do as best we can, just staying present and, and trying to win win the one at hand. Well, you, as you mentioned, you don't want to look too far ahead. So now that you said that, that's what I'm going to ask you to do. Right. Uh, <laughs> coming off this weekend, uh, we're. Next Saturday, or next Saturday, next Tuesday, we've got Appalachian State coming to uh, the brand new ballpark in downtown Kannapolis. So we're we're going to we're spending an awful lot of time in pro parks here, and I know you guys took a tour of that facility recently. Um, so what 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 can you what can you tell us about uh, about App State? Well, I mean, you know, like you said, we um, we toured we. Uh, Darren Spees and I went over there a few weeks ago and we toured Atrium Ballpark and gosh, it's nice. I mean, it is, it is brand new. We'll be the first baseball game to ever play there. And, uh, you know, we've got a great, you know, kind of in-state rivalry going with Appalachian State and a multi- multiple sports. Uh, I know uh, Coach Smith uh, with them is a heck of a coach, really respected in our profession. Um, their teams are always well coached and, and talented, um, you know, so they're, uh, yeah, well, a good App State team. Um, you know, they've got, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty balanced, balanced team, top to bottom, just offensively, defensively, and on the mound. Um, not sure yet who they will start. You know, we'll likely stay on schedule with uh, Morozes on on Tuesday. He's been throwing the ball so well for us against Tennessee, and then again against Wake Forest. And um, you know, that's he's he's been tremendous for us the last two Tuesdays. So um, you know, barring some sort of a change, which you know. As we mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, everything things can change on a dime. But um, yeah, we're excited to get out there on Tuesday. I grew up playing little league baseball down the road at South Park Youth Association, and uh, growing up, we would have our all-star teams in the summer would always drive up to Kannapolis and play um, the district championships there. And um, those were just special memories for me going up there and playing those tournaments. And Kannapolis was always the team to beat, and you know, it introduced me to Sundrop and Cheerwine and, and uh, Whataburger and, you know, all that stuff, up, you know, yeah. all, that, all that, all that, you know, that, that, that stuff up there. Um, you know, there's just a lot of history. There's a lot of history and it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's, a, it'll be a great, a great night of baseball for us to um, get out there and compete against App State. We're excited. Coach, that game, that game's uh, actually sold out. Uh, I think some tickets went on sale to general public on Tuesday and uh, at 12 o'clock, and I believe it sold out at 12.05. So um, the ballpark's a little smaller than Truist Field, so it's about – I think there's about 1,500 or so uh, tickets sold maybe to that. So it's still a great college baseball crowd and uh, <clears throat> definitely looking forward to that Tuesday. Uh, I know the players are looking forward to it as well. 
yeah, Niner Nation's been awesome as far as coming, you know, uh, coming out strong with, with purchasing tickets for both of these games and, um, you know, getting to our capacity here at the Hayes each game. And, and our guys feel it. I mean, our, our guys absolutely feel the energy when, when we've got, um, you know, whether it's 181 here or it's 3,000 at Truist or it's, you know, 1,000 at, at or Kannapolis, however many it is. I mean, our, our guys feel the energy and the support and it's much appreciated. And it's also a sign of us um, continuing to try to move in the right direction as a, as, as a country. And um, so it's, it's, it's all good. It's all positive. Are you guys going to get to use the, uh, the, the, the facilities uh, like the locker room, et cetera, at Atrium, or do you have to get ready on campus? We'll, we'll ride over um, ready to go. Um, you know, we'll have limited capacity as far as our, our guys that are going in there just because we don't want to have, we don't want to have our guys crowded into in the locker rooms and stuff like that, but they'll be, yeah, we'll have limited, limited capacity. Um, same thing at, at Truist as far as the locker room and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we're just always, you know, keeping everybody's health and safety at the forefront, trying to avoid, um, you know, crowded spaces and that sort of thing. So, yeah. um, but it's really nice. I mean, there's tons of, you know, the amenities are, are off the charts and, uh, you know, Darren and I, you know, at, um, at, at Atrium Ballpark, you know, we went up there and saw the, the suite level and, and the restaurant. And I know you guys have gone there for, for meals with family and stuff like that. It's just, um, it's just a tremendous ballpark and they did a, such a great job of, of designing it. And, um, you know, I'm, it, I'm excited for our fan base to get to watch us play there. It'll be good. I asked that I asked about the locker room because Trevor gave us a tour and, uh, and man, that thing's nice. I didn't want to leave. It's really sweet. Yep. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. All right. So we got good stuff to look forward to. We're going to let, let's go back a little bit. Yep. Let's talk about last week. So we got, we got four games to talk about and everybody can read box scores. So everybody knows what happened. We're going to dig a little deeper here though, because we took a, had a rough series at East Carolina Unfortunately, got swept there, but played three competitive games. There were some things to talk about there. There's some things to like there. Uh, another tough game on the road again at a uh, at an ACC opponent uh, against Wake Forest. Another competitive game that we wound up on the short end of the stick on. So um, we're going to dwell on the positive because that's what we do here at, at, at Diamond Niner Report and Diamond Niners Weekly. So let's go back to that ECU series, Coach. Talk to us about what you saw from your team and, and what do you, what do you take from a series like that? Well, I mean, I think for us, the mindset going into a series like that is, um, you know, in the last six years, I think East Carolina's played in two super regionals. So, um, from our perspective, I think we try to somewhat approach that as a super regional really. And cause I'm just always been a believer that if you're, if you're, if you're always, going in, you know, practicing with the mindset of you know, the highest level or a challenging level, whether it's, you know, when we play tomorrow and at Truist Field, like that's probably the biggest stadium we'll play in all year. So, you know, TD Ameritrade is 25,000 people. So, you know, you need to already like practice in your mind, like, you know, this is like if I was at TD Ameritrade or that East Carolina series is like a super regional. And, you know, so that way, when when playing those games, hopefully in the future, we've already tested ourselves. And yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, the series didn't go how we wanted. If that had been a super regional, then East Carolina would have won it. 
and they would have advanced. Um, but fortunately, the you know it's you know it's the middle of March. It's not the middle of June, so um, we don't lose sight of that. Um, I couldn't be more you know more 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 more. Internet world, that's but our, but that's our, not producer Brad's fault. Probably mine. I don't know. We went into that series kind of with that mindset. That let's let's approach it as if it's a super regional and our season's on the line and we had a, we had a sense of urgency, but East Carolina's a really good team and they had that sense of urgency as well. And part of being a great team is playing at a level at which you don't beat yourself and, um, and you force the other team to make mistakes. And, you know, pretty much all three games, East Carolina was one notch better on the mound, um, one notch better at the plate, and one notch better in the field. And, um, you know, again, um, it's just a credit to them and their program. They're, they're a really good team. We felt like we were right there. And, um, you know, I saw the looks on our guys' faces at the end of the series and they were, you know, they were, um, I hate to use the word, but they were pissed. And um, because our players work extremely hard to, to prepare for those, those opportunities, and we felt like we came up short and weren't, we're not happy about it, but, um, you know, same thing Tuesday night. And, but, you know, here it's baseball and you go back to practice, uh, which we did on you know, yesterday. We had a great practice yesterday, just got off the field today, had a great practice today. And, um, you know, here we go, here comes the next opponent. So, um, you know, we want to be playing our best baseball in June and, um, you know, the thing is that we know, yeah, we hung right there with them, but we know that that wasn't our best level of play. It's not like we, you know, East Carolina, they played great and Wake Forest, they played great, but we're, we're, you know, whether it's Tennessee or it's, you know, William and Mary or Moorhead state, or, you know, we've seen this group of guys play at, a, at another level. And it's just about staying with the process staying focused, having a sense of urgency and, and looking to improve and, and get back to that level more consistently. So, you know, that's our approach. That's what we're doing. Um, you know, and we're excited to get back out there tomorrow. Yeah. <clears throat> that ACU series, that was, uh, as a fan, that was, that was entertaining to watch. It was, it was good to see two great ball ball teams uh, going head to head, one or two pitches making a difference in the baseball game, especially on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I, I really enjoyed enjoyed the series. I didn't really enjoy the results, but the series was good. It's good baseball, and uh, I think we're we're right on the edge of, of breaking through. It feels like uh, we were just one one hit away, one one pitch away from 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 making a different outcome in that series. So, um, like I said, it was it was entertaining to watch. Um, and same through the Wake Wake Forest game. Seems like we were right in it uh, the whole game. One or two pitches away, one or two swings of the bat away. Um, so. Uh, those are good. That's good competition. Those are good teams. Both of those teams uh, had a lot of preseason uh, publicity uh, in the national rankings. Uh, so uh, we're right there with them, and um, definitely excited. Looking forward uh, in the games coming up uh, the rest of the way. There was some good stuff come out of that, though. Some good individual things. What, Kevin, starting with McCabe on Friday night. What was that statue you had on on Big Maple? I mean, you had a good. Oh, one. I think they had in the release, it was uh, McGabe 
Dave McCabe was the first uh, homer from both sides of the plate on Friday. Uh, it was the first 49er to do that since our friend uh, T.J. Nickting did it in uh, 2017. So that's a, that was pretty neat to, to hear that. Um, did he, Sean he Fox was, effort that? Did Sean Fox dig that out? Yeah, we'll give, we'll give Sean credit for that one. Whether Yeah, we're going with Sean on that. There's the attaboy for Sean. That's a pretty cool stat. It was fun to watch. <laughs> And and it definitely got the attention uh, of folks in Greenville too, because Big Maple, Big Maple saw uh, very little to offer at the rest of the weekend. <laughs> they decided to get away from him, and for good reason. That was cool. Um, other good, I mean, uh, we were down. Um, we had a good starting, good starting pitching all weekend, frankly. But uh, we were there on Saturday uh, for Bryce McGowan's start, and Bryce was. Bryce was in a special place on on Saturday. I mean, he he had he had his stuff working, and it was it was really special to watch, Coach. Yeah, no, I, I said this after the game. I don't know, I don't know, in my time that sure and progress as as much as Bryce has in the last in the last year. I mean, not only just physically with the way the ball comes out of the hand and stuff but just his just his poise his presence his pulse it is you know all those things are getting to another level and um you know really each time out so to your point i mean he was a warrior he gave it he, he put us in a position to win um you know it didn't go our way but uh you know he he's you know our our whole team feels really good when bryce is on the mound and he I don't have a magic button that's causing that. I don't. I don't know what's going on. Don't worry, Brad. We're not. We're definitely not going to fire you because that'll be the end of the show. I just. But what I was saying was, you know, I went out there and took a mound visit, and it was kind of a pivotal situation, and. Um, I think it was I think it was first and second and one out and thing and or two outs and and I, I I said what I said on the mound and you, know, you can tell a lot on the mound you can tell a lot just by um, you know the way a pitcher looks in, in his eyes and and you know his demeanor and I went back to the dugout and told the coaching staff I said man I was like Bryce has got it he's got he's got it he's got the look. And um, he got out of that jam and got us back in the dugout. And, you know, he's just, he's got it. He's, he's got, he's got that, that it factor, that look that, um, you know, there's no jam or situation that is above his ability to get out when he digs down and um, digs deep. And he did it. He did it in, in a tough environment against a really good team and it bodes well for, um, for him and us moving forward. Yeah, Coach, you, it was. Would you, uh, say that he, would you say that he had the eye of the tiger? Sure, we can, we can say that. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, I had. Uh, I was watching at home on that on on Saturday, and uh, it was the first time I'd seen the the center field camera on on Bryce. And I remember you talking about him before the season um, with his slider, especially. But his stuff was was looking really good Saturday, and with slider change up. Um, and then, and the fastball, he was hitting spots with the fastball a little bit. And, uh, 
that, like I said, it's the first time I've seen him from the center field cam. Um, and I was, I was very impressed. Uh, uh, he was making things tough for those, for those ECU hitters. And, um, uh, there was a great pitchers duel. Like I said, this weekend was, was, was a fun series to watch. And, and Saturday was a great pitchers duel. Yeah. You're mixing some good curveballs too. I mean, that was the best as four pitch mix have been with all four pitches uh, this past weekend. So that bodes well. So Kevin, I, I guess it's okay to, to congratulate uh, Austin Knight on his hit streak now, right? We did that on Twitter. Right. We can do that here. We didn't want to mention it before because you know you don't mess with a streak, right? Yep. Right. But, That's right. He started the season out twelve straight games with a hit. I think he's hitting what fourteen out of fifteen now. So he only missed one game the Saturday ECU game, and uh, uh, he's still rolling. Yeah. Um, a couple more guys to, to just shout out because we, we try to mention, you know, so many guys work, everybody works so hard and everybody's deserving of praise, but uh, a couple guys that, that have kind of quietly been getting it done. Um, uh, Aaron McKeithen behind the plate has been just a rock star. He's also been getting it done at the plate. Everybody talks about the job he's doing behind the plate, but he's actually, he's doing a really fantastic job at the plate as well. And, uh, don't sleep on Jack Dragon because Jack's Jack's defense at short and his arm, his I don't even know what to tell you, folks. Go go see it. He makes plays over there that pretty darn impressive. And now he's starting to get his bat working because he's Jack started off a little slow with the bat, but he's he's gotten it cranked up and um, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. I don't want to I don't want to say this in the wrong way. Um, so Jack, if you're listening, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not sleeping on you, but he was a guy that was a little under the radar, at least for, for me, I'll just throw myself out there. For me, Jack was a little under the radar with these incoming guys um, and the guys that we kind of knew what we had, but he's not, uh, he's not under the radar with me anymore. Jack's 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 balling over there at shortstop. Jack can, Jack can really play. And uh, you know, he is to your point, he is a, a lot of fun to watch play shortstop. I mean, it is his hands are, you know, really, really good. His footwork's great, and he can throw from every slot. Um, I mean, he can re- he can just make some throws and some plays that a lot of guys can't make, and he's so steady. Um, you know, and to your point, you know about the offense. I mean, we recruited him. We recruited him as an offensive middle infielder. I mean, he put up he put up uh, big numbers at Lewisburg last year. Um, hit for average, hit for power. And um, so we know it's in there, and and um, you guys, I mean, everybody affiliated with the program knows how hard B Rob works with our hitters, and I mean, he's been working with Jack, you know, early, early and often, and, and late, uh, you know, these last few weeks, and um, you know, to B Rob's credit and to Jack's credit, they've worked extremely hard on some things to clean some things up, and, and um, you know. The results have come, a little, you know, more the last couple of weeks, and it's it's big for us, you know. I mean, we when we're when we're firing all cylinders, you know, we're getting production at the top and the, the middle and the bottom of the lineup, and um, we haven't, you know, has, hasn't been as as much of the case the last four or five games, but we've shown the ability to do it. So, um, you know, to your point, we get Jack, we get Jack going, we keep Jack going on offense, then you know the run the run production will come more offensively. Kevin, here's here's my story from from Saturday at ECU. Besides the picture of the donuts that that I tweeted out after the game, which by the way that that was like our most popular tweet in that day was 
about donuts. <laughs> apparently, apparently, people really like tweets with pictures of donuts because that the, the Twitter traffic on that tweet was phenomenal. Now, okay. what we're going to do, we're going to get a picture of Nate Furman eating a Krispy Kreme donut, and that will like probably be the biggest Twitter post ever. Yeah, that's, that's what will happen. But here we go for the video. Here is an AAC baseball. This this ball landed. Uh, in the row right behind us. And I knew it wasn't going to hit us, but my daughter was unconvinced. It landed in the row behind us. Um, it was an ECU player that hit this foul ball. It was definitely not one of our guys, and it certainly was not David McCabe that hit this ball. You know how I know that? The ball's still round. <laughs> so if Big Maple had torn into that, there'd be a big old flat spot on the side over something like that. So that was – that that's what happened. That's what happened in Greenville. It was well. The thing is, is my, my wife's a little gun shy now because first weekend she got hit by a foul ball in, in her while we were standing on the hill in, in her in her calf. Um, she actually moved into it. She was trying to avoid it and she ran into a foul ball. So there you go. That was that was Greenville on Saturday. Fun time. All right. Yeah. Don't, don't look at me like that, Kevin. You know I tell stories like this. That's good. It's all good. So it is all good. So now let's move. Let's, let's talk. Let's, let's touch on Wake Forest because we, we got through that ECU series. Um, There was, there was really the weather on Tuesday was kind of iffy. I don't know if that game was ever, uh, was ever in doubt or not from you guys perspective, but weather wasn't great on Tuesday. They have an all turf field. So that helps Uh, ended up playing in in Winston-Salem on a kind of a, kind of a cloudy, dreary Tuesday night. Um, another fantastic start from Austin Morozis. You mentioned that another game where there were a couple key moments where the game could have gone either way. And they just, they made kind of like you mentioned that one notch, uh, with, with East Carolina, when they needed that one play, they, they kind of got it. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, Steamore hits a, it's a two strike, uh, two out pitch in the gap, um, score that run early on. And then, um, they get another two out hit, I think in the second. And then, um, you know, gosh, Spencer Giesing, he just looked, he looked unhittable and, uh, <laughs> and dialed in and, you know, we go to elevate a fastball and just kind of pull it down a little bit too much. And unfortunately that happens occasionally and it just, and there's never a good time for it. Um, and you know, against months and he put a good swing on it to, to go up again and, um, you know, we got, we run Lindsay back out there down three to one and, and he's, he's, you know, easily one of our best pitchers and just trying to get him back on track. And, um, you know, I think we walk, you know, two guys on three, two and three, one, and they manufacture our run and here we go. So the final score is four to one. So, I mean, you're talking like five pitches in the course of that game that, that, you know, go the difference between us you know, probably being tied one to one and going to extra innings versus losing four to one. I mean, it's, it's, it's that it can, it's that thin um, as far as margin of error for us right now. And, um, you know, we've just got, we've got to keep working and and keep plugging and um, we're confident we'll get there. But, um, you know, those are certainly games that we, you know, we go into wanting to win, expecting to win and it's frustrating when you don't, I know I speak, I know I speak for because it's a competitive group. Coach, um, we went into this week, I guess, I think we were leading the country in home runs. 
Uh, you're not going to sneak up on anybody when you're when you're top of the list like that when leading the country in home runs. Have you noticed? Um, have you noticed teams pitching pitching you guys differently um, over the past week or so since uh, since the, the offensive numbers have been out there? Uh, and then the scouting reports out there as well. But you know, um, when you get a lot of publicity, you're not going to. It's hard to ignore the team that's leading the country in homers. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't Stop know if retweeting I, that yeah. stuff, Kevin. I don't know if we're really getting pitched much differently other than we just we face really good arms that are that are talented and they're going to be high picks. And Gooch um, Man, Manor, he's one, he's arguably you know American Conference Pitcher of the Year this year probably. And then Carson Wisenhunt, I mean, if you see a better lefty this year than him, then um, that, that pitcher is going to go pretty high because Wisenhunt's. I mean, that's 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 real stuff right there. Um, the changeup's real, the breaker's real, with, with good heat, with good velocity. Um, you know, we had their we had their starter Smith on the ropes in the first inning, and, and kind of let him off the hook there. It felt like that if we had we had thrown a one more punch there in the first, we'd probably get to their bullpen a little bit earlier. And um, you know, to his credit, he he made a pitch and, and got the ground ball um, to keep it at one run in the first, and and gave it got there. So I don't really know as much. I don't think it's as much as teams really pitching as much differently as we've just, um, you know, between East Carolina and Wake Forest. I mean, you know, look at the, those arms that we faced. I mean, they're really, really good. I mean, there's two freshmen that came out of the bullpen for Wake Forest that are, you know, every bit of 94 to 97, one lefty and one righty. And, um, you know, it's with, with good off speed. So it's, um, you know, we're, we're just, we're facing really good teams and really good pitchers. And, um, again, right, right now, you know, the last week we were one, not short, but, um, that experience really is only going to help us, I believe in the long term. And, and, um, we've certainly learned some things. We've certainly changed some things that we've, as far as just some things we're emphasizing, um, as a program, we're trying to get back to a little bit, it's a little bit more plate discipline, a little bit more decision-making as far as emphasizing, drawing walks and getting on base, um, you know, really looking for better pitches to drive versus trying to force things a little bit. You know, I felt like maybe we were trying to force things a little bit too much offensively, um, you know, but that's, that's pretty natural to do um, over the course of the season. So, you know, if we can get back to kind of the basics of, of pitch selection and uh, recognition and um, staying on the approach, then I think, I think we'll get back on track here. Oh, do you think that's a little uh, dynamic with this year in college baseball? Like, I mean, what I mean to say is that that lefty for Wake out of the pen, that freshman lefty was going ninety seven. Most years is a is a eighteen year old left handed ninety seven mile per hour hurler getting to college baseball. Or, I mean, depends on the situation, but that that seems to be maybe a potential side effect of of a five round draft. No, absolutely. And there's, there's a ton of talent in college baseball right now. And um, as much as ever, and it's going to be that way really for the next few years, because, you know, even I think this year, the draft is, is still shortened and there's a lot of guys that are, there's a lot of guys in college baseball for you that shouldn't be. Um, and, but it's great for the game. It's, it's great. It's, it's great for our hitters to see those arms and, and, um, you know, because when you, you know, to play in to play in June, you gotta you gotta be able to beat those arms. And if you hadn't ever seen them before, which our guys have facing 
you know, our pitchers all scrimmage in the, in the fall and preseason. Um, you know, but if you're, you know, those are the types of arms you're going to have to beat, you know, in the biggest games at the end of the season. So it's, it can only help us getting looks at it in the middle of June. Yeah. 97 miles an hour from a left-hander. That, that'll get you paid. <laughs> it, it absolutely will. Yep. Get you paid. All right. Well, coach, we're going to, let's transition over and, and Kevin, you want to walk us through the weekly awards. I know coach Woody and the staff put these out every week and they've got them ready to go. So you want to, you want to walk us through and let's see who, see what we got for this week. All right. Yeah. We, I think we missed them last week. We had a show from Greenville and we, we, we uh, didn't get to the awards last week, but um, each week you guys do these, these awards are based on last week, I guess, from, uh, Tennessee and the ECU series. So, uh, you guys do a leadership effort attitude, uh, award coach who, uh, who, who stood out with that award this week. Yeah, we gave that to Brooks, um, just for his, uh, just the way he goes about his business. I mean, uh, you know, pre-start practice weight room, and then you put him in there and I mean, the kid, I mean, we, we felt like, we felt like all of our pitchers really battled in Greenville, but, um, you know, you, you can see he was at the at the at the back end of his outing, and I took him down because honestly, I didn't know if we were making a change or not. I kind of wanted to read um, Brooksy, and and before I even came out, he looked at me and shook his head and said, "Don't come out here." I'm not like, "Don't come out here." And you know, as a coach, I just I love that. Um, you know, um, I'm not always going to listen, uh, but but you know, that's what you want from from your pitchers is you want them to have that fight and that tenacity and Brooks, he had, he had it on Sunday and uh, went out there, like I said, really unsure. And, you know, he gave me the look, coach, I got this, like, like, this is, this is, this is our game. This is my game. Like go back to the dugout basically. And uh, so, you know, went back to the dugout, he, he, um, he attacked the hitter, works with the three, two, gets a foul ball and punches him out to end the inning. And, um, you know, I felt like that was in the, you know, the sixth or the seventh there and, and it just, uh, got the momentum on our side, you know, obviously not enough, but, uh, those types of, you know, that competitive fire, uh, can, can certainly translate to other facets of the game. And, uh, I thought, I thought Brooksy, you know, I thought Brooksy put us on his back Sunday. Yeah. I think the announcers thought you were taking him out. Uh, at that point as well, but um, he didn't, and like I said, got our momentum back on our side. So, uh, yeah, he, he you're right. He did pitch a, a great game on Sunday. Uh, fun to watch. Always good to see Matt Brooks on the mound uh, doing his thing. Um, the next award, we the, the defensive player of the week. Uh, we had a lot of great defensive uh, efforts over the last week or so, um, all season really. So, uh, who? I know you guys had a lot to choose from. So who was your uh, defensive player of the week this week or last week, coach? We gave it to Gino. Uh, Gino at second base. I mean, when, you know, against Tennessee, Carson Johnson slated to start, uh, you know, tweak something in pregame that we've got to make a quick change. And um, we talk to our players all the time about, us, you know, staying ready so you don't have to get ready. And Gino – you know, 20 minutes before first pitch finds out he's playing, boom, double play in the first inning, I think it was, um, against Tennessee. And it's a glove flip. Just, an, just, an un, just an unreal catch there um, at East Carolina, I think, on on Saturday or Sunday. 
Uh, that was Sunday. I was going to ask you about that play. Yeah, no, I mean, it was – I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it, really. Just uh fly ball goes up to left, and I think I think Jack thought that our left fielder was in a better position. But, um, you know, with, with the information that Coach Bick and our staff has, it's – you know, we had the left fielder deeper and shaded more in the left center gap because that's where that hitter tends to hit the ball. And so Jack goes to deke the runner on a hit and run by, the, like – but, you know, acting like he's going to field a ground ball, which, you know, in some cases is the right play. In this case, it was not. And um, Gino stayed, you know, to his credit, man, he stayed with it and and just, I mean, came out of nowhere and dove in. I mean, you got a second baseman diving full stretch in left field, catching a, catching a fly ball like that. And, and um, you know, it was just a tremendous play. And, and um, he's just getting – you know, he's an extremely talented um, player who's a, who's a great kid. And, um, you know, we know always knew good things were going to happen. Um, more opportunities gotten, and he just, he's done a great job for us defensively. The way, the way that play unfolded, the camera, the camera guys were, um, they were a little late getting on what was really happening, understandably, I think, for, for the way that, that play unfolded. But they got it on Gino. They got the camera on Gino in time. To, to be able to see him fully extended out in left field, getting that ball. And I was just like, what's he doing over there? Where'd he even come from? What, how do you do that? I mean, it was just like, like you said, I mean, it sounds like my impression of it on TV and your impression of it live were the same thing. How do you do that? Where'd he come from? Special player, special play for sure. Yeah. And he, and he's also doing that to play as well. I think uh, ever since he's been um, in the game, at Tennessee game, he's, had a hit in every single game on a five-game hit streak uh, going into this weekend. So, uh, doing it all over the place, uh, Gino Groover. Um, moving on to the next award, speaking of at the plate, uh, the quality at-bat uh, award for the week. Who did you guys yeah. uh, sing a lot with that? Yeah, I mean, Aaron McKeithen led our team in quality at-bats. Um, you know, just he's doing, he's doing so many things right now. He was also our position player of the week just for everything. He, you know, he's – He's calling, he, you know, he and Coach Miney are calling great games and keeping us right in there. And, and um, you know, he's blocking everything. He's throwing, he's throwing guys out. And, and you know, to the, the quality of that, I mean, he's just every time he's in the box, we think good things are going to happen right now. And um, so he's, he's, he's certainly, um, you know, 15 games in, showing to be a really well-rounded player and, and great leader. So it's, it's, um, it's fun to watch. I think he's won that multi multiple times, right? This year. Yeah, yep. He's very he's been very consistent. All right. Um, moving on to the next award you guys uh give out the the whip leader. Who uh who led the league who led the team in whip yeah, so that last was, week? That was Morose's. Um Morose's were was our watching his earnings pitch leader. He was um six innings, five hits, one walk with a one whip. Um, he was also our starting pitcher of the week for his performance against Tennessee, where he threw six innings, 69 pitches, and uh, didn't allow us didn't allow him run and only walked one hitter. So he was both our starting pitcher and our, our whip leader of the week. And um, you know, it's 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 just been great to see. I and mean, he's he works extremely hard and and uh, was very highly recruited out of San Jacinto and. Um, you know, our coaching staff is just thrilled he's here, and, and, and I'm excited to see, you know, him continue to grow and, and, you know, improve each and every time out. He really didn't throw a whole lot in the fall, 
while he was training and, and building up. So, you know, he's still getting, you know, game acclimated to, you know, game speed after, after you know, missing a bunch of time this fall for us, but um, he's been great. He's a huge, he's a huge piece of the puzzle for us and our team. Yeah, you're, you're right. He's been, he's looked good. He's progressively getting and better and getting extended into games. I'm looking forward to seeing him the rest of the way. Uh, so moving on, uh, I think the only award we have left is reliever of the week. Who got, who, uh, who do you have as a reliever of the week out of the bullpen coach? Yeah. Reliever is Ryan Chinskowski. He came into the fire, um, twice, two appearances, for two innings pitched and give up a hit and walk a guy and punched out two. And, um, you know, those, you know, the two games that he pitched in, we, we obviously didn't, we didn't win either one of them, but, um, you know, we're, we're right there in the ninth inning to get a guy on and, and have a big hit to tie it up there because chance made some big pitches for us to keep it there at three to one or down, down two or down three. So, um, you know, chance, chances are reliever of the week for, um, you know, for his effort, um, Friday and Sunday. That that was and those were key spots right there. And it's it's really it's really got to be comforting to have a guy uh, in the pen with with his experience to to tap into because that's um, that's another pleasant byproduct of this season having somebody with with chances uh, uh, experience uh, to to go to in a tight spot like that. So good yeah, chance is a big he's a he's a huge. He's a huge part of our program. Just um, you know, obviously when he's on the mound, but when he's not on the mound too, he's he's a big time leader for us. And and um, you know, he he kept us right there and put us in striking distance with his the pitches that he made. Okay. Well, Kevin, you want to you know do our ask Coach Woody? Uh, Coach Coach Woody's so good at answering questions that he's actually already touched on this, but we're going to revisit it. You want to get us our ask Coach Woody question this week? <clears throat> All right, I'll do it. Uh, this this week, our question comes from our friend Joe Bridgman. Um, he was curious as to why Andrew Lindsay came in in relief on Tuesday versus Wake Forest. Um, uh, Coach, your thoughts on 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 bringing in uh, Andrew Lindsay on on Tuesday? Yeah, he threw. So Andrew threw about sixty five pitches on Friday in Game One, and uh, traditionally on a you know, on a seven-day pitcher schedule, traditionally a pitcher will throw his bullpen on day four or day five. So, um, you know, a seven-day week. So, you know, theoretically, uh, with Andrew throwing 65 pitches on Friday, obviously his workload was less than um, we would have hoped and liked. Um, so he wasn't quite nearly as sore um, from the outing and, and felt good, um, better than usual on his day four, really, and was ready to go. So, um, you know, again, like I touched on earlier, I'm, I'm a big believer, whether it's a starter or a reliever, that, you know, if, if a pitcher doesn't have a good outing, one of the best things you can do is try to get him back out there as soon as you can. Um, so we wanted to get Andrew back out there. Uh, we had already made the decision really Monday that he was going to, um, you know, either come out of the pen on Saturday or, um, or start game three. So, we, you know, we had already made the rotation decision as a coaching staff. And so we knew that, we knew that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to have to pitch out of our bullpen Tuesday and then start again on Friday. Um, so we knew he was going to have more rest, 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 more rest,
what he said. We're getting a we're getting a uh, we're getting like a, a Diamond Niner techno remix going here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to start dancing. I'm gonna start dancing soon. Uh, um, but yeah, so we are. I mean, we knew we knew that Andrew was going to be able to come out of the bullpen, you know, fresh and feeling good on Tuesday and then not have the stress of making a start on, on Friday. So, um, you know, really the plan was to start on, on Sunday. So really didn't want Andrew going nine days without pitching in a game. Um, you know, cause that's not really a good thing either is to have somebody, you know, who's, who's on a routine. And then you know, a lot of people, you know, cause a lot of people would think that, you know, if you pitch every Friday and then, you know, you get an extra day the next for, for or two that, you know, that you should be fresher theoretically, but that can actually have the opposite effect. You can actually be a little bit too kind of too fresh or, or it's been a little bit too long since you've, you've been out there and um, you know, it's just not, not making excuses, but it can affect you a little bit. And so we want to get him back out there on Tuesday. We're knowing that he's either going to come out of our bullpen in a key role, leverage role on Saturday um, what you might do tomorrow, or he's going to, you know, potentially start for us on Sunday and, and try to win a series, sweep a series. So, um, you know, Andrew's, Andrew's a big part of our team and, and our success. So um, that was the thought process. All right, Joe, there you go. There's your answer. So we kind of, we, we did, we did things a little differently this week. We've kind of basically already done our Charlotte 49ers grand slam club. Look at the week ahead, but we can still plug the grand slam club because well, it's our show and we can do whatever we want to. And we want to plug the grand slam club. So we're going to do it. Grand slam club's awesome. If you're not a member, go join it. There you go. Let's take a look at conference USA before we, before we start winding this thing down. We're at the point we're a week away from conference play. So, uh, it, it's kind of start time to start thinking about some of these conference metrics. As a league, uh, we're 94 and 76. I guess it would be 95 and 76. One game has gone final this afternoon already um, in, in out-of-conference play. And if you start looking at RPI, we're, we're ninth, uh, ninth in conference RPI. I think I saw, Kevin, you, you probably – you saw this as well. I think was it Kendall Rogers mentioned Conference USA as a as a as a two bid league uh, in his opinion at this point. Is, was that Kendall Rogers? Yes, they had their uh, their weekly discussion on, um, and they talked about Conference USA a little bit, and uh, they mentioned Charlotte among uh, a few other teams as uh, potentially getting multi bids out of the conference this year. Um, and if you look at the RPI, we've got five teams with top one hundred RPI, so. Um, I wouldn't see why not that why we wouldn't have multi bids in, in conference this year. Uh, it's still early, but uh, we're getting ready. Like you said, we're getting ready to get into conference play and beat up beat up on each other. So um, the conference um, RPI ranking probably won't change a whole lot uh, once conference play gets rolling. Some good wins last week. Um, I mean, look at the week Louisiana Tech had. They 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 got a win. They picked up a win over uh, number one Arkansas, and then they backed that up with a win over number four Ole Miss. Um, every time, you, every time it was starting to look like, uh, and they're they're stumbling a little bit right now. But it was starting to look like FAU was going to be like maybe maybe they're the they're the team to beat, and they're still good. But don't forget about Louisiana Tech. Those dudes, they are they are coming. Um, the other thing is, I you know I hate to mention this, but what what's what's Old Dominion right now? Are they twelve and four? 
Yeah. Old Dominion's 12 and four. That's Niner fans have got to keep an eye on the Monarchs because, I mean, they're almost a quarter of our schedule, it seems like, <laughs> with eight games against the Monarchs. So uh, they're one of those teams that we're going to be competing with for seeding. And heck, coach, how's this sound? We might be competing with ODU and FAU for bids. How about that? Yeah, no, I mean, the league is deep. Um, we, know, you know, we know that. And uh, those teams you mentioned, I mean, Old Dominion's a complete team. They, they've, got, they've got good frontline arms. That I think they're right behind us in home runs. So they've got it offensively as well. And then you mentioned Louisiana Tech. They're a very offensive team. They can beat anybody. They've shown that. They beat Arkansas. They beat Ole Miss. You got Southern Miss that I feel like a Southern Miss pitcher is winning pitcher of the week every week. They got they got really good This is hurting. This is hurting producer Brad's soul. I can see it. It's hurting his soul. Yeah, I mean FAU, FIU, Middle Tennessee is having a really nice start as well. So you know it's you know, it's, it's, it's going to come down to the wire. We've got a lot of baseball left to play. We come down to the wire. Now, not, a, Oh, there, there's my dog. That's not part of the remix. That's just my dog. The, what Niner fans need to pay attention to with Louisiana tech, we are not on our schedule. All right. Because of the divisional play deal. Um, if, but you, you better be sure that if you're going to win the conference, you're going to have to see them come conference tournament time. And, oh, by the way, Kevin, where's the conference tournament at this year? <laughs> Ruston, Louisiana. Ruston, Louisiana. Yeah. Um, sticking, sticking with Conference USA, there's a, a few um, a lot of key matchups this week. It seems like there's an AAC Conference USA challenge this weekend. Um, FIU is down in that uh, – the tournament you mentioned with in Stetson, they they played Wichita State today and beat them. I think it was uh, eight to one or eight to two, something like that. But they're playing Wichita State and Stetson down in in that tournament. Uh, Middle Tennessee's at Memphis, uh, FAU's at South Florida, and Louisiana Tech's at Tulane. So it's kind of like a uh, Conference USA versus AAC challenge. Uh, a lot of games to keep our eyes on as Niner fans and fans of college baseball and Conference USA. So. Should be a fun weekend. Yeah. That FIU game went final 11 to 2. 11 to 2. Okay. So big offensive output there from FIU. Good stuff. It's exciting. This is a good time of year. Conference play coming ahead. Not that the out of conference stuff isn't, you know, isn't fun. I mean, it is, but when it's the conference time, it's like, it's like go time, right? That's when you're, that's when you're doing the real stuff. Good stuff. All right, we're going to start wrapping this thing up, folks. Sorry we were a day late, and sorry that this has been the remix version. And sorry my dog started barking. I don't know what else to tell you. It's, it's, it's 2021. We're just having a year here. Coach Woody, your last thoughts as we head into another big week of 49ers baseball. Yeah, no, I'm just um, – I'm extremely thankful for uh, our administration, the Knights, uh, Rhode Island baseball – um, heck, they've been on a bus for 12 to 14 hours today. Um, you know, I, I can't, ex- I can't even, re- I, you know, I can't even really explain, um, how many, how many people behind the scenes, uh, it takes to put on, you know, to, to find a, 
to reschedule a weekend series uh, at two different sites and, and the truest field and, and, you know, get through all the protocol hurdles and travel hurdles and everything it takes. It just takes a lot of great work from, from everyone. And I'm just, I'm very appreciative of everyone involved, um, you know, for this weekend. It's exciting. Our guys are excited. Um, we didn't get to play at truest field last year. The season was canceled right before we got to go up there. I think, you know, we've been five days before we were supposed to play Wake Forest up there. So, um, you know, there's four coaches on staff from the city of Charlotte and a lot of, you know, our guys have never, you know, haven't played up there in two years for the returners. So um, it'll be a special weekend for us against a really good opponent, um, you know, in front of as many fans as we've played in front of in a long time. So we're excited. Kevin, your last thoughts before we, before we do this. Well, we, we certainly are excited as well. Um, first first opportunity to pay and, and pay and buy a ticket to see the Niners play. Um, it's going to be several thousand in attendance. Um, looks like a pretty good day weather-wise. Maybe a little chilly, but they're going to have all the producers. They got me on the remix. Uh, sorry about that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Um I wish it was a triple header because I'd, I'd stay there all day if I could. But it's going to be uh, it's going to be a fun day tomorrow, and I uh, can't wait to see you guys uh, knock it out. You mentioned four guys on the coaching staff, uh, Charlotte natives. I know it's special to you guys uh, to do this for the first time together, um, and we're looking forward to it. And can't wait to see uh, you guys in action tomorrow. All right, folks. That's going to do it for this remix version of Diamond Niners Weekly. It's time to go jump on roadie. We love hearing from you guys. Feel free to reach out through any of our social media platforms, or if you're old-fashioned like us, hey, we're actually going to be at a ballpark together this weekend. So stop by and say hello. Until next time, we're going to see you, not at the Hayes, but at Truist Field and Atrium Health Ballpark. <laughs>